On this episode of Nurses' Voices, we'll be talking with an internationally educated nurse who's a participant in the Hamilton Health Sciences Internationally Educated Nurse Integration Program and the Director of Professional Practice at the College of Nurses of Ontario, whose responsibility includes the registration of nurses in Ontario. We're going to discuss the challenges IENs face in the process of applying for and becoming registered in Ontario, and the new initiative the College of Nurses of Ontario, Employers and Ontario Health have begun in partnership to address many of the barriers IENs face getting registered and as a secondary gain, fill a nursing shortage. This is Nurses Voices. Nurses Voices is sponsored by Pfizer Canada. It is supported by the Canadian Nurses Foundation and the Canadian Nurses Association. Welcome to Nurses Voices. I'm Mary Wheeler. And I'm Gail Donu. The plight of health professionals educated outside Canada who want to practice is not a new story. But with COVID and the nursing shortages, internationally educated nurses have become a front page story across Canada. Why is it that there is a surplus of IENs and a crisis in nursing vacancies? Why can't IENs just fill those vacancies? This is a complex issue, and in an effort to understand the issue, we're going to talk about the barriers and potential short and long-term solutions. On this episode, we're pleased to have with us an IEN working on becoming registered in Ontario and a representative of the regulatory body. Kenley Lamson says she's a proud internationally educated nurse from the Philippines where she worked as a registered nurse. Kenley and her husband, who's also a nurse, moved to Canada through the Federal Skilled Program in 2017. She is currently completing her clinical hours for safe practice through the Hamilton Health Sciences, the IEN Integration Nursing Evidence of Practice Pilot Project. She also works as a registered practical nurse at the Jervinsky Hospital, which is part of Hamilton Health Sciences. Driven by the desire to make a difference, Anne-Marie Shin has lived and breathed nursing for over 35 years. She's currently the Director of Professional Practice at the College of Nurses of Ontario in Toronto, where, among other initiatives, she champions opportunities to continuously improve regulatory processes. Anne-Marie has her Master's Degree in Nursing and in Quality Improvement and Patient Safety, and she also has experience working in acute, long-term care and complex continuing care. Welcome to Nurses' Voices, Kenley and Anne-Marie. Thank you for joining us on this episode. We've been looking so forward to hearing your story, Kenley, and to hear from you, Anne-Marie, what the college has been working on to address some of the challenges that IENs face. So we thought a way to begin, Kenley, to hear a bit about your story. I graduated for my bachelor's degree in nursing 2006. And then I passed my licensure exam 20, 2007. After I passed my licensure exam, I worked in a hospital, ER, OR, med surge. But during the last five years, I was in ICU. So my husband and I decided to uh, migrate in Canada because I have um, my immediate family here. 2016, I started gathering all my documents 
because um, my brother is also a nurse, so he knows the process. So he told me, gather all your documents before I come here in Canada. So 2016, I started my processing through NNES, the National Nursing Assessment Service. And then 2017, February, I arrived here along with my husband. And between 2017 and 2019, I work as a healthcare aide in a nursing home. And I'm also working as um, a clinical assistant for um, 10 family um, doctors. October 2018, I passed the CPNRE exam for RPN. But then I received a letter from CNO on December 2018 that they will refer my application to registration committee because they have doubts with regards to my language proficiency. And on the February 2019, the registration committee made a decision that I actually met the language proficiency requirements. So I got my registration, then I worked at Hamilton Health Sciences as RPN. And on September 2019, I enrolled at um, St. Francis Xavier University at Nova Scotia just to fill in my educational gaps. So I took four courses and then I received a letter again in December 2020 that I'm eligible to take the NCLEX exam. And then I passed the NCLEX exam, but then my safe practice is already expired. The safe practice is only good for three years. Then I'm supposed to go back home to get safe practice, but then COVID came. So Hamilton Health Sciences have a program, an integration program. And then I became um, the first participant for that program. And I'll be done for my, um, my 450 hours on the 25th of this month. Oh, great. What is it exactly that you're doing that you're getting the credit for? So I have a preceptor. So it's kind of like I'm a nursing student, like a fourth year nursing oh, student. Okay. She's with me, but then I can't give like any narcotics. I can't draw blood. So I have limitations on my practice, but I can handle patients. And then what happens, Kenley? So um, after that, my project manager will send all, I mean, my hours to the CNO, then I have to wait with, um, I have to wait for my registration. So Kenley, I guess I'm curious, you came here in 2017. It's now five years later. What makes you who you are, Kenley, to stay so determined to make this possible? Well, because um, I've been a nurse for such a long time, like since 2006, and I really want to be the same, like an RN here and RN in the Philippines. I know it's a long journey for me. Like it's almost, it's five years now. But then I know it, it, it is worth the wait. And... I know that um, since I'm in a new country, I need to adjust. In, it's a new system. So even if, um, you know, it's it's very frustrating, but I think for me, it is what it is. So I have to adjust and I have to accept that it is part of the process. So over the five years, what has been the biggest hurdle 
in getting registered for you? It's the time. I thought I would be able to get my registration within three years. And the cost, it's expensive to be honest you. So it sounds like Canada is where you want to stay and you're pretty close to the end of getting registered. Yes. So I'm going to shift to Anne-Marie then. So Anne-Marie, there are many internationally educated nurses who would, if we had them in the room in a circle, would have the same story. How is the college responding to the realities of more internationally educated nurses coming to Ontario? So CNO's mandate is to protect the public by the promotion of safe nursing practice. And one of the ways we do this is to ensure that new registrants are safe to practice. Uh, Each registrant to the college has to uh, satisfy eight registration requirements, no matter if they are internationally trained or if they're trained in Ontario or Canada. The college has embarked on an innovative strategic plan, and one of the first strategic outcomes is around the application process to ensure that it's fair, efficient, and effective. As you know, many of the requirements are outside of a CNO's purview, and it's a system issue. So we have started to uh, embark on sort of innovative programs. For instance, uh, we've just uh, revised our language proficiency policy. That's resulted in uh, a number of IENs getting registered in January. And we've also partnered with Ontario Health and and Ministry of Health, as well as the Ministry of Long-Term Care in this supervised practice experience partnership, and we call it SPEP for short. And really what it is designed for is internationally trained nurses like Kenley who have expired evidence of practice were wanting to facilitate an experience for them no more than five years out of date of practice to match them with uh, employers in the system. We've started out with acute care facilities, but we've moved on to long-term care and soon uh, community care. So in this partnership, we identify eligible applicants and send them an email. And if they're interested, they complete an application form or a sort of a letter of intent. That goes directly to Ontario Health. Then Ontario Health uh, takes over the matching and they match them with an employer that has put up their hand to say that, you know, we would like to participate in this. Where CNO uh, sort of steps in is we approve uh, the healthcare organization. And what I mean by that is we require that the institution has sort of a preceptor uh, model that would be available to support the IEN and that they commit to a minimum of 140 hours. It is a month of full-time practice. The employer can extend that program as needed, but not all IENs need 400 hours or more. Mm -hmm. Um, We leave it flexible and we leave it depending on sort of the learning plan. And as stated before, uh, evidence of practice does not require a number of hours. Any number of hours is fine. And this is not a competency assessment. This is simply to identify if the person has recent practice and is safe to practice. 
We also ask the institution to evaluate uh, the applicant based on uh, some standards of nursing practice. And those standards are similar, well, the same for an RN or an RPN. Uh, and then at the end of the 140 hours, the institution uh, completes a form uh, that says, you know, the applicant has completed it. And then once we have that, we can process the application very quickly. And then the applicant would get a notification in the portal. It's been very successful so far. We've had over 500 matches. And I think what the big story here is, is that there are a number of applicants, I believe almost 70, that are going to institutions in rural and remote uh, communities to really help uh, serve underserved communities and hospitals. And the hope is, is that people have a great experience at these institutions and it's a win-win. So it's a win for the applicant to be able to have this supervised and preceptored experience, but it's also a win-win for the organization who gets to spend time and potentially, in most cases, offer a position for the applicant as a registered nurse. Would everybody who does the supervised hours, would they already have passed the NCLEX and this is what's left? Yep. Uh, so it's evidence of practice and or language proficiency. So if someone doesn't have language proficiency requirement met, then the organization will complete an attestation uh, form that says that this applicant is proficient uh, in reading and writing um, in mm -hmm. either English or French. Can this program be ramped up enough that it could become a standard program for everybody like Kennelly who meets all the requirements, takes the courses, and does the NCLEX and passes the a language proficiency. Could Will we have enough of this kind of program uh, that it could maybe expedite, make the time shorter? This program is only sort of applicable to people that have an expired evidence of practice between three and five years. So many applicants coming in don't need this program because they're getting registered within that window. We will still continue this program for those people uh, that require it, but uh, we're hoping that the, the need doesn't keep increasing uh, for this. In your best world possible, where are some other areas that uh, need some attention? So I think um, one of the biggest barriers for IENs uh, is the education requirement. So the requirements uh, are enshrined in legislation in the Nursing Act and around nursing education, um, nurses have to have equivalent education to our Ontario graduates. So this is, like Kenley, was assessed as having some gaps uh, in her education, and she went to St. Effects. Uh, this is not uncommon, and other sort of universities outside of the province uh, do other similar sort of online platforms. There are programs in the province, but in a small number, that doesn't meet the need. So people often spend quite a bit of time waiting uh, to access various programs. So that's what I mean. There's a system solution there. There has to be more coordination and everybody's sort of getting on the same page. Here's the identified need. 
here's the way that we can address it so that the IEN knows exactly what's available. Um, the education has to be flexible because uh, many people are working during the day, an online platform, and perhaps uh, the applicants can even start education before they come uh, to Canada. So that's kind of the ideal situation. And certainly uh, we're working with our partners to come up with these innovative ideas and solutions. And as I also mentioned, the language proficiency policy has been updated more flexible for our IEN applicants. And, and as I said, we've just in January uh, been able to have our IENs meet that language proficiency requirement. So, Kenley, one of the things you said when you were talking about needing to get these gaps, whatever they are, that <laughs> differentiated your educational program from the Ontario requirements, you said it was also expensive. So yeah. the expense is because the programs are expensive or then because also you have to get them outside of Ontario? I think it's the program itself. It's a bit um, expensive for out of the province, but it's not that significant of amount. It's just mostly the program. And I'm just happy that I just got like four courses, which is, I think it, it's, it's doable on my part, but still expensive. So in our time remaining, I'd like to bring the close to the conversation back to you, Kenley. Do you have any advice or suggestions or ideas of what you think are some solutions that would make it easier just in general for internationally educated nurses? Um, I think um, during the this past few years, I think um, it's as what Anna-Marie said, it's getting easier for um, IENs to get their registration, especially if their safe practices new. Because um, I think um, their education is much more in sync on the Ontario education than when I had my nursing, which is a long, long time ago. But I think for the IENs, it's, they just need to be very persistent with it. And they have to be very patient. I know it's a long road, but then at the end of the day, this is the job that we need and we love. I have to say, Kenley, we're really lucky in Ontario to have someone like you who wants to be here. And um, I wish you all the very best in your career in nursing in Ontario. And I really appreciate Anne-Marie because what she's talking about at the college of how they're looking at ways and processes and systems that's going to make it easier in the future for other internationally educated nurses. Thank you both for coming on. This is a big um, topic, but I think in a very short time, we've brought the perspective of you, Kenley, who's, who's going through all the steps, and from Anne-Marie and your role at the college, which is really important. you've enjoyed this episode of season two of Nurses Voices and we look forward to seeing you in the future episodes. You can view and listen to Nurses Voices on a variety of platforms including YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And remember, if you want to give us any feedback, please connect with us through nursesvoices.ca and remember to sign up for our e-newsletter. 
Nurses Voices is sponsored by Pfizer Canada. It is created by Donner Mueller. It is produced by Sector Limited. It is supported by the Canadian Nurses Foundation and the Canadian Nurses Association. Thank you.